Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin, and I am here with my friend Tanner Newman and my friend Malia Cole. And I'm excited to get to hang out with them today. You already saw the topic of the podcast. And so you know that this is going to be one that you could take a lot from, but also a pretty serious one. First, though, what I want to ask them to do is if you guys would just do us a favor, introduce yourselves, share a little bit just about you and your life and maybe what it is that you do. Tanner, you can go ahead and go first. So one, Josh, Malia, thank you so much. Excited to be here with you today. My name is Tanner. I'm the youth pastor at Life Church in Shawnee. I've been the youth pastor here for nearly six years. My journey at Life Church started almost 10 years ago. And so I walked in the doors at Life Church for the first time as a student and switch. And so to say that I am humbled and blessed to get to do what I do every single week, I truly feel that. And I'm married to my best friend in the world, Lauren, and we have a nearly flawless son. <laughs> and his his name is Noah. The The only flaw he has is he does not like to cuddle. But if he had that, oh. he would be perfect in every way. But he is uh, our pride and joy, and we love him so much. And he keeps us pretty busy. So if we're involved in Switch or sports or whatever, that's what we do. And we love being parents to Noah. That's awesome. Love it. Malia, how about you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I am a counselor with Thrive Christian Counseling. I've been here for a couple of years uh, beyond that, I have been the spouse of a Life Church employee, Life Church pastor for about 16 years, which is crazy mm-hmm. um, to think a that while. it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. But just such a joy. Is it crazy that he's like you stayed his spouse for that long or crazy that he's <laughs> stayed at the church? For you that know, long? I'll be real honest. He doesn't make it that hard. <laughs> There was a pause there. I didn't know what direction that was going to go. If you know Stephen, then you know. Yeah, his name is Stephen Cole. I feel like there's a few people that know who he is, so we can say it. (laughs) Just a few. (laughs) Yeah, but ministry with him, being beside him, living life with him has been fun. And we have four kiddos. They are ranging from almost five to almost 14, which is just kind of mind blowing. But yeah, we're blessed for sure. I love it. Malia, thank you. I know that you're busy and I appreciate any time that we have a professional in in a particular field be willing to step in and take time to invest in our switch leaders. And this is one of those topics that we really, really appreciate having somebody just help educate us better so that we feel better trained. And so thank you for taking the time to do it. We're so grateful for that. Tanner, what I would love for you to do. So obviously we're focusing on National Suicide Prevention Month. And uh, we know that this is something that over the years has maybe become more something people are more aware of than they were in the past. I'd love it if you would give us just a little bit more detail and explanation what this is all about and maybe why it has become more prominent over the years. Absolutely. So this month, what it recognizes is the people who have lost their life to suicide, the millions of people who struggle with suicidal thoughts or ideation. And then also acknowledge what it means when people share about those things that they are walking through life with and they're vulnerable and talk about it to raise hope and to help people who are struggling feel like they're not alone, to know that they're not alone. And so that's what this specific month celebrates and also points people towards. 
right? It's something that has become more and more prevalent over the years. I know that you have a little bit of personal experience in that area. Could you take just a moment and maybe share with us why it has become so much more prevalent, but also share with us some of your personal experiences? There's so many reasons why I think you could say it's become more prevalent. Social media being one of the biggest ones. It's so incredible how living behind a mask life has hurt us as a culture, but especially for teenagers who don't know how to handle so much information, so much pain that they see in the world, so much frustration that they feel like they want to change, but then they're struggling in their own pain too. But who do we turn to with that? And I think that part of what I watch day in and day out is people who feel like they just can't share or they don't know how to process their pain or who is a safe person to process their pain with. Um, and in our community, we felt the effects of that in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about of the status of the world, but specifically for us, my heart, um, my heart always goes out to anybody who doesn't feel seen or doesn't feel loved um, because of the amount of um, times that I've walked into doors to process with students or parents um, or at schools who um, have been through a tragic loss. It is um, a really difficult space to enter. And I know that for so many students, the feeling of hopelessness and feeling unseen is very real. And even though there may not always be things that you can tell, it's very personal to them. And so when I think about this month and I think about this podcast, um, I'm honored to get to do it and incredibly passionate about talking about, okay, well, what do we do? Because we have a response at Jesus. We have a response as a church. We have a response as a leader but what does that look like? And so that's why I'm thankful to, to get to just process this for a little bit. This is one of those topics that I think sometimes, I think a lot of people feel like it's really, really important and want to be really educated, like that want to know as much as they can, would always want to help, but oftentimes don't actually know where to begin or feel really nervous about like, I don't want to screw this up because this, the, the stakes seem so high. So I, I don't like, I feel like me inserting myself into any kind of conversation or acknowledging anything might actually just make it worse, like increase the risk. So it's one of those conversations where it, I think it's easy for us to shy away from, but in reality, we need to step boldly into. And that's obviously part of the reason that we're having it be the topic of the podcast today. This is, of course, National Suicide Prevention Month, and we want to be intentional to bring awareness to it. So Malia, I know that you're with Thrive Christian Counseling in Edmond, and you know a lot of people that go to Thrive and have benefited so much, including myself, benefited so much from being able to process what's going on in life with somebody who can help you process those thoughts in a really healthy way. The reality is that not every student in our youth ministry is going to have the opportunity to process those feelings with you. So sometimes they're just going to have us. And I think we as youth pastors and switch leaders, we sometimes feel like, 
hey, I'm not enough. Like I don't, like I wouldn't even know where to begin. They need a professional that can really help walk through this with them. But in truth, that's not always the case. Sometimes the case is there is something you can do. There is more that you can do. And so Malia, you mentioned that you've got four kids. You mentioned how old they are, which of course I've known you for a really long time. And so knowing that your kids are that old now made me a little bit sick because it points to my own age. But (laughs) I know that those kind of things make these kind of things even more personal. And so even though you're a counselor and you you know how to professionally process these things, that doesn't mean that it removes the personal side from it. Absolutely. So I, I would love it if you could take maybe maybe just a few different things. You can kind of go wherever you want, want with this, but if you could take a couple different things, one section being what are some signs we could look for or things that we should be aware of? And then the second would be, okay, if I take those things I'm aware of, and now I'm going to convert that into what actions can I take or what could I actually do to help them? So Mm -hmm. things I could be aware of, what can I then actually do to help? Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think with anything, it's so difficult to read people, right? It's so difficult to, to know that what they're saying is really what they mean. So many times we are so cryptic with what we're saying and kids are no different than that. And so- they could be very covert with their words and they can be very direct with their words. But one of the signs is to listen. They could be hinting towards it like, you know, this home life would be better without me. Family would be better without me or something subtle or even more subtle. Mm. Or it can be very direct. Like if I had a whatever, I would use it. Uh, And so listening obviously we're listening all the time but listening for those specific hints or direct comments if they're withdrawing if if they've missed a couple of weeks of switch you know to not wait those whole two weeks to talk to them again but to check in with them aggression or just really really drastic mood swings that are very abnormal or not typical for that student 46% of those that die from suicide were diagnosed with a mental illness. And so if if they discuss those things with you, if they talk about those things, but again, it's like, it's so dependent on how much they're giving and how much they're willing to give. And we know those teens, they're like little clams, you know, they're like so difficult to pry open, but those are some of the signs that you can look for. I almost imagine it, I'm a pretty visual person, but I almost imagine it like they're standing over there on an island by themselves. Tanner talked about like the loneliness that they feel and the pain from that loneliness. And so they're they're over there standing on that island kind of telling themselves that they don't matter and that nobody would notice if they were gone. And that's just simply not true. And so when somebody brings something up or you feel like the conversation has been started And like you said, Josh, not to like back off and be like, oh, no, this is above my pay grade. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, But to lean in and walk over, get on their island with them and and kind of uh, step past and get through to them so that they're not lonely, at least in that moment and not lonely in their pain. So that would lead me to some of those steps that you can take with them once the conversation has started. And that would look like asking direct questions. We have the fear that if 
we ask about suicide or suicidal thoughts, that it will put the idea in their head. And uh, studies show the opposite is true, that that's part of that stepping onto their island and helping them feel less alone is not being afraid of the conversation. And so asking questions like, uh, do you have a plan? You know, do you have an idea of how you would hurt yourself? Do you have the way? Do you right. have the, the means? Hey, so I'm, I'm going to stop you real quick on that. Yeah. Because this is one that the first time I had a counselor tell me that I actually pulled a counselor into a conversation on a Wednesday night with a student that was saying some things that had me afraid. I knew I had a school counselor that served in switch and I pulled her into the conversation said, Hey, this is, this is what's being said. Would you mind just sitting in this with me? And it was kind of one of those of me recognizing, Hey, I've done this before, <laughs> but not as many times as her. And so I pulled her into the conversation and we sat down, the kid shared some things and she said, do you have a plan? And I remember being like, whoa, like that was more than I would have thought to ask. And because it felt very, again, what I said earlier, where it made me, I'm like, I don't want to make it worse. Well, you, you know, you just said like, do you have a plan? Do you have a, like a weapon? Like, do you have a, like you, you kind of went into details. Is there something that you would feel like is too much or maybe even give us a reason? Tell me like, why is it so important that we ask a question like that? Yeah. I think with a lots of different topics, we have the fear of saying too much too soon. When in reality, we end up saying too little too late. Mm. And so I would almost err on the side of saying too much because it is so serious. And in that moment, it helps them realize that their life is so valuable that I would ask these serious questions. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't heard it put that way. So I think that that speaks exactly to what would be going through my head. And I hope that leaders listening, I hope you can hear the theme, which is, if anything, make sure that they know that you care drastically more than they think. That leads me to my next thing is to tell them, like, please don't hurt yourself. Please don't. That would that would be devastating for me. That would be devastating for your Switch friends and the other people in Switch. It would it would have such an effect on such a large number of people that you have no idea. And so directly asking them not to hurt themselves. It's just that you don't want to leave anything to question with these kids. And so because it's such high risk, because it's so important. And then asking them, and this is probably for me the harder question, is can you risk talking to your parents? Does this feel like something that you could loop your parents in on? And, or do you need help doing that? Can I be there with you while you talk to your parents? Because I know that that's really hard and scary for them. Do you have a recommended timeline on, on some kind of follow-up like that? I think it can be a conversation. I think it can be a, do you feel like this is serious enough to tell your parents? Do you feel like it's something that you could tell your parents? To, what do you think their response would be? Because here's the thing. If there's any parents listening, we teach our people, our kids, our spouses, how honest they can be with us. We teach them how vulnerable they can be mm -hmm. with us by our responses to them. And if our responses are harsh and kind of attacking, then it will teach them this is not something I can go to them with. 
And we want to leave those lines of communication as wide open that's as good. we can. That's, yeah, that's good. I think I think timeline is something a question I've gotten a lot over the years as a youth pastor. Like, hey, this happened. Like, I want them to follow up their parents. I told them, mm-hmm. and I've heard anywhere from I told them to tell them tonight to I told them by next week. And sometimes I'm like, hey, let's <laughs> let's not wait till next week, you know. And then and but but then I also understand that there sometimes it's different. No, and I didn't really answer your question. I think think day of when the emotions are there and the conversation's already started, I don't see any harm in asking for it to be that night or that day. Awesome. Yeah, there's two more things. And one is giving them resources, giving them a hotline, giving them somebody safe to talk to, and then following up with them personally. I think it, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to like be too much. I don't want to be too pushy. Be pushy. Like get in their space and disrupt that message that they're telling themselves every day, all day, that they don't matter, that nobody cares. When you send a text or when you, you know, go and check on them or when you see them at switch again and you make it a big deal, that interrupts that that narrative, that story in their head. That's that's really, really good. And I hope that everybody listening can kind of internalize some of those things that would give you confidence. So not not just the things where we go, hey, here's the signs we're looking for, but then the the part where it's like, no, there's an action for you to do here. And like Malia said, interrupt them, get in their business, like make sure that they know that you are not going anywhere. And I think that's really, really important. I want to make sure I address something else that Tanner had brought up kind of in the days leading up to us recording this podcast, Tanner, we talked a little bit about what it looks like to over-spiritualize or try to spiritualize away the issue of mental health. So I'm not going to dig into the details of it, but I'm going to let you do that. What does it mean to spiritualize away mental health issues? I think whenever someone is sharing anything from you, Even if you don't feel like you have all the answers, you still have an opportunity to make a difference in how they feel about sharing. I love what Malia said about your response being one of showing compassion, showing care, even if you don't understand everything. Listening and caring for them is huge. And then speaking life over them is huge. But whenever someone's sharing something with you that is so heavy and prevalent on their heart, the thing that we want to make sure we don't do, whether it's because we feel overwhelmed or because we know There's some things that we should do as Christ followers, like prayer. What we don't want to do is say something like, okay, well, I think you should just pray about that. Because if a student's bringing you something like that, obviously it's something that is very prevalent to them. And Josh, if I ever said something really, really um, big that was on my heart and you just said, hey, you should pray about that, um, I may feel unheard. I may feel like, He doesn't care, even though that's never the intention that we would have. That could be how a student internalizes that and receives that. And so acknowledging their suffering and acknowledging what they're walking through is okay. It is okay. It is okay to say, I'm sorry that this is something that you're walking through. The truth is all of us in various ways, we're human. And so we're going to feel the full spectrum of human emotion. Some of us feel it different than others, but that doesn't mean that we can't relate to their pain and we can acknowledge that what they're walking through right now 
even if we don't completely understand it, is very real. And in that space, I think that some of the things that we've already said, as far as like steps or conversations, can be really great ways to take that initial, hey, I'm bringing this to you, and then start to put together a plan of, okay, well, how do we find healing? Because a lot of times, whether it's suicide ideation or cutting or depression, all of that is, is, is pain. And naturally, as humans, I don't like pain. Josh, you don't like pain. Like we don't, we don't like I pain. Do and our natural tendency is to run away from pain or to bury it. And I think as a switch leader or as a parent, the thing that we can always do with any student is to tell them, you know who the great physician is? You know who made you? He knows what pain you're carrying. He knows what pain feels like because he put on human flesh and he knows what you're experiencing. So you don't have to run away. You can run to him and let's process what that looks like. And I think that that can be a powerful tool for you to stand in that space, to encourage them, but to also acknowledge where they're at and say, hey, this is really, really tough, but we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus and walk together because he has the answers and he is the answer, but not in a way where we're just dismissing what they're saying in a way that says, hey, guess what? I'm really sorry, but you're not alone in this. Absolutely. So feel confident and feel equipped and feel empowered to step into these things and know that not only are you empowered because hopefully you've learned some things, but you're empowered because Christ lives in you. And and you have to know that he oftentimes is the one that you, not oftentimes, he's always the one you want speaking on your behalf, but he oftentimes is the one that we let actually do it. And so in these kinds of conversations is where I've found that he tends to show up for me the most. And it's probably because there is the least amount of me that really would know what to do. Is there anything that either of you uh, would like to share as we're kind of wrapping up? Yeah, I, you know, what Tanner was just saying, I have some, gosh, just so many thoughts, but narrowing it down just on how to listen to someone. So when I first stepped into the counseling room with my first client, it was like so overwhelming and so much pressure to hold space for someone. Mm. And then I realized over time that it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as difficult as I was making it out to be. And so really when it comes to holding space for someone and and helping them feel heard, silence is your best friend. And with teenagers, silence is another just great tool to use because it's saying, I know you still have something more to say. I know there's still more in there and I'm going to give you space to say it. So it's not rushing in with the thing that you think will help. Because quite honestly, in those moments, there's really not a lot we can say that will help, but we can hold space for them. So silence is great. And then validating using empathy, which Tanner mentioned, it's like, it sounds like what you're going through is so hard for you. Like it is such a difficult time for you. And I can imagine, or I can't imagine like how painful that is for you. What is it like? Like, What are those thoughts like for you? And then pass that ball back to them without kind of switching subjects. And so validating, empathizing, using silence are all huge with giving somebody space to get that, that seed that is trying to plant inside of them to grow doubt and fear and anxiety and depression to get it out of them. 
That's so great. Malia and Tanner, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate you taking the time and vulnerability to be on this podcast today and talk about a really hard topic. It, it really is one that can be challenging for us to talk about, but we know that it's a really, really important one for us to be prepared for. And I hope that everybody listening understands if you're serving in Switch, we trust you and you're empowered to love students and to step into conversations that maybe sometimes feel over your head. If you never feel like you are a little bit out of depth, then it might be that you need humbled because we all feel out of depth at times. And it doesn't matter how many years I've spent doing youth ministry, not long goes by before there is another moment where I feel just a little bit out of depth. And I have to rely on knowing that God has got me and that I'm probably more prepared than I think I am. And so for those of you serving in Switch, for those of you with a platform, loving and investing in the next generation. You are more prepared than you think you are. You have more authority to speak into their life than you think you do. And God could use you in more of a unique way than you thought that he would. But it really does just take you being available, being willing to listen and being willing to continue to love. We love each of you so much. And if you have any questions, make sure that you're talking to your youth pastor. Make sure that you're talking to your, your switch team and process what it looks like. If you have a student in your small group that as you listen to this podcast, you have a little bit of a concern, bring the concern to your youth pastor right now. So don't wait. Do it right now. Shoot him a text. Give him a call. Hey, I have somebody I need to talk to you about. And then come up with a game plan on how you can love that kid really well, how you can involve their parents, and how you can support them the best possible way. Thank you all so much every single week for joining us. We know you have a lot of things going on. We appreciate that you take the time to be here. So thanks for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.